Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are pretty fascinated by the arts, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. So, Jonah, I'm really excited about our guest today. I know you are too. I am as well, yes. When I was first starting on SNL, I actually did her podcast called How Was Your Week? We had such a nostalgic podcast where basically we both watched Reality Bites, Singles, Empire Records, and So I Married an Axe Murderer. And we just talked about those four movies, which all have a lot in common. And in fact, our guest today gave me a quiz, (laughs) which was so funny. She would ask me things that a character did, and I would have to say whether it was Ethan Hawke's character Troy in Reality Bites or Matt Dillon's character Cliff in Singles, because it turns out they're almost exactly the same. How'd you do on the quiz? Do you remember? Mm, Pretty sure I got 100%, but I had just (laughs) watched 
all the movies. Got it. Like, it's not like I did it from memory or else I would have never remembered. And, you know, Joan, it also reminded me of the time that you had a birthday party where you and your friends, you were probably like 13 and you took your friends to see singles and mom and dad and I went with you, but we had to sit like a few rows behind you and your friends. <laughs> you could be cool. Yeah. And I vaguely remember that. Yeah. I mean, such an incredible movie. I still remember that club scene with Alice in Chains playing Wood. I mean, and then Ben Stiller is supposed to be like this kind of straight business guy. Now you're thinking of Reality Bites. You're mixing up the movies because they're so similar. No. Alice in Chains has to be in singles. No, no, no. But Ben Stiller is in Reality Bites. Oh, Ben Stiller is in Reality. Ben Stiller isn't in singles. You're right. They are so confusing. They're so confusing. And Matt Dillon and Ethan Hawke play almost exactly the same character. Right. Which our guest today really picked up on and gave me a very difficult quiz if I hadn't just watched both movies. Wow. Well, I think maybe we should introduce her and then we can maybe talk about this a little more. Really get into it. Really get into it. Yeah. Okay. So our guest today, we're so excited to have her. She's a writer, a comedian, an actress, an author, and a podcaster. You may know her from creating, writing, and starring in the Hulu sitcom Difficult People or from her popular podcast, How Was Your Week? and Double Threat with Tom Sharpling. Please welcome the wonderful... Julie Klausner. Hi, guys. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. And if I remember correctly, Vanessa, you totally aced that test. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the other questions that we've talked about a lot on here was where does the song Stay by Lisa Loeb come in Reality Bites, right? It's from the... Jonah, Jonah, wait, let's see if Jonah can answer. Oh, God. And here's the hint. It's kind of a funny place for a song called Stay to... Yes. So I don't even remember. And we had Lisa Loeb on this podcast. So I feel like I should know that. We did. I don't remember it from that movie. I just remember the music video. Where is it in the movie? Over the closing credits. Closing credits. That is not what you would expect. Not what you would expect, especially because to me, and maybe I'm biased because I love that song and I love Lisa Loeb. That is the most famous song from the Reality Bites soundtrack. Like that's the biggest breakout song. I feel like some of the songs on that soundtrack weren't specifically created for Reality Bites, right? Like weren't some of the songs a little older? Is the soundtrack to singles more bespoke, you mean? Yes. Yeah, I actually know a decent amount about the single soundtrack because I just read Mark Lanigan's memoir and Screaming Trees. Yes. I nearly lost you was on it. And he was sort of saying, like he was saying it actually wasn't good for the Screaming Trees because he thinks the record would have done better if they weren't on that soundtrack. Like he's, he talks about having a meeting with executive that's like all these Seattle bands are going to be on it. Like, obviously, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking right now at the soundtrack for Reality Bites, and you're right. I mean, with the exception of, like, Juliana Hatfield's Spin the Bottle. Oh, also great song from that soundtrack. That's a banger that we're talking about. And Turn Up Farm by... Dinosaur Jr. The first song on the Reality Bites soundtrack is My Sharona. Yeah, right. And that song Tempted is not... Tempted by Squeeze is on it. Locked Out by Crowded House is on it. Oh, that's such a great song, too. And then I see something called I'm Nothing by Ethan Hawke. Yes. Which I wonder if he sang in character. I kind of remember this because I had the soundtrack and I will say this with all respect to Ethan Hawke. When you would get to that song, you'd sort of go, okay. That's a skipper. kind of skip. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like that was like Patrick Swayze singing She's Like the Wind on the Dirty Dancing <laughs> soundtrack where you're Which like, actually- okay. <laughs> yeah. Which actually is a pretty good song though for that movie. They play it mercifully briefly. Like, I think he's like, yeah. I think they brought it all the way down in the mix if I'm remembering I think properly. you're right. 
I think if you listen to it closely, God bless. It's pretty, yeah. And God bless him, and we miss him God every bless day. Him but and we miss him every day. But maybe she's like the wind. <laughs> oh man! To me, I can only think of like one phrase he sings, and then the song is over. But I guess it must, in reality, go on for must be a longer song. I have a criticism also of the single soundtrack. Okay, Julie, I don't know if you're familiar with the song "Dyslexic Heart." by Paul Westerberg. Yes. So good song. Replacements, obviously great band. He's that line, the song, there's a line about my heart could use some glasses. To me, that line always felt like a little bit too silly. Well, like, do you know what dyslexia is? <laughs> yeah. Like glasses don't fix dyslexia. And also, I know you're singing about your heart, like maybe communication issues, but to me, I always like heard that line. I was like, ah, I feel like you could have workshopped that one a little more. I also feel like today you couldn't really release a song called Dyslexic Heart. I you mean, can't I guess you even could. say that anymore. <laughs> you can't even say that anymore. Uh oh. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I'm here to talk about how cancel culture would have prevented grunge. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my whole thing. That's what you're always talking you about. You couldn't even call them singles. <laughs> They'd have to be doubles. They'd have to be triples. Exactly. Wow. Is that Soundgarden organic, right? You know? Yeah, right? <laughs> Why is Alice in those chains? Can't even say that anymore. I think Dyslexic Heart was the replacement. I don't know if that was like their breakout single, but it's definitely the catchiest because of all the na-na-na-nas. Yes, yes, for sure. For sure. I don't really remember that song. That was a Paul Westerberg song. Oh, it's not a replacement song. It was a Paul, okay. It's not a replacement yeah, yeah. song, Paul Westerberg, but it went na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na. Oh, yeah, yeah. Na, okay, now That na, was a big right. song. And yeah, obviously Screaming Trees and probably the best Pearl Jam song, State of Love and Trust, I think probably my favorite Pearl Jam song on that soundtrack. How does that one go, Jonah? I I don't really want to sing it, but okay. great, great song. Jonah, sing a little bit. I love to sing on here, Julie. So it's always surprising to me when Jonah doesn't want to sing. You have to pressure him a little. Okay, Vanessa, let me ask you this. How do you think it goes if you had to imagine what a... What's it called? Again? State of Love and Trust by Pearl Jam. I am a big Pearl Jam fan, so I'm surprised that I don't know. Sometimes I feel like Pearl Jam songs, their names are surprising. Like you hear the song and you're like, oh, that's the name of the song. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of one word names. Like I feel like Porch, Jeremy, Alive, Even Flow. Yeah, but then some of the longer names, I don't always know. There's a really popular one. Whenever I hear the name, I'm like, that's the name of that song. It doesn't sound like you're really like a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. She's a huge fan. Well, I guess I saw them in concert with you, Jonah. Yeah, we saw them at Bonnaroo. How was that concert? Was it good? It was awesome because we got to meet, (laughs) we got to kind of hang out with Eddie Vedder before. We did. And is he cool? Does he like comedy? Did he like you? Was he excited to meet you? Oh my gosh, Julie. So I think I've told a story on the podcast before. He came up, Vanessa introduced me and she was like... (gasps) Because I had met him on the train wreck tour. He had come to the show in Seattle on our stand-up tour. Vanessa was like, oh, it's my brother Jonah. He's into music. And Eddie Vare was like, your sister's cool, man. What's it like having a cool sister? She's cool. (laughs) You must be cool too if you're her brother. And I was like... (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> like, I had no idea what to say. I was like, uh-huh. oh, my God, Vanessa, Eddie Vedder thinks you're cool. You guys, it's whatever. No, it's not. <laughs> it's everything. No, it was really cool. It was especially because I think Jonah's so cool. So to have Eddie Vedder 
tell Jonah that I'm cool. Well, things don't get much better than that. Yes. It was cool. So what were the other two? So it was Singles, Reality Bites, and then what were the other two movies you two discussed? So I Married an Axe Murderer, which has some really good music in it, too. There was one song. Well, There She Goes was the big one. There She Goes. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a big song. Really pretty. Really pretty song. There were like a lot of covers of that, I think. Yeah. So I Married an Axe Murderer, was that considered like a romantic kind? Was there like a... Yeah. Okay. I think that was like Mike Myers doing rom-com after Wayne's World sort of yeah. saying, you know, what if I try this out? Yeah. I love that movie. My friend Steph Rue and I, you know, he would do the thing where he'd put like his hand up to his head and pretend it was a phone and go, call me. Yeah. <laughs> or like mouth, call me. I mean, we would do it all the time. I remember our mom thought it was really funny, meaning Jonah and my mom. Steph and Did I you two know there's a recent something that came out of So I Married an Axe Murder on Netflix? What came out of it? This thing called the Pentaverte. Is it oh, the Pentaverse. Pentaverse. It's a miniseries created by Mike Myers for Netflix, inspired by conspiracy theories from So I Married an Axe Murder. There's six episodes. <gasps> Oh my God, I'm going to watch it. Good luck, Vanessa. Because <laughs> I didn't know it was connected to So I Married an Axe Murderer. I watched the first episode and it's him doing a sketch show. Like he's playing five characters and one of them is Shep Gordon, Alice Cooper's manager. Like literally Shep Gordon. So it's like, it's like, it's this guy and that guy and this guy's British and he's wearing a lot of prosthetics. It's very strange. It seems like... They kind of gave Mike Myers a blank check, but I don't know the behind the scenes of it. Got it. it, Got it. And I also don't want to disparage him because I am a fan of his and I I like a lot of what he does, but I couldn't get into it. You're saying it's less of a conspiracy theory, like serious show and more of like a sketch show. More like Mike Myers is going to put on some makeup and do some characters now. Okay. Which I don't have any problem with and I welcome. But I think I watched it also at the beginning of the summer when my judge, I think I was like, right now I'm at the stage of the summer where I'm just like, is it in focus? Then fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You'll watch anything. I totally get that. I totally hear that. What was the last one then? I wanted to make sure. The last one was Empire Records, which also had some pretty famous songs on it. I'm trying to think the soundtrack didn't totally line up to the movie. I remember like meaning. Yes. I guess there were maybe two soundtracks. Actually, I found out later there's like a second one, but not every song in the movie is on the soundtrack and vice versa. I think. Oh, here we go. So Gin Blossoms, Cranberries. Okay. Toad the Wet Sprocket, Better Than Ezra. This is definitely like, yeah. Yeah. Kind of more of a Cherry 7-Up version of the grunge soundtrack, right? There's a little bit more grenadine in this cocktail. Exactly. Then the last song on here is Sugar High by Coyote Shivers, who I believe the actor in the film was a singer for that band. Remember they played the end on the roof of the store? I think I've looked him up before. He actually sang for this band and I think this was their song. And the song on the soundtrack is a lot dirtier than it is in the movie. Ooh. I think it's wild that Guar is not on the soundtrack since they have such a memorable cameo in the movie. Yeah, Guar is like in Guar the needs movie. to be on every soundtrack. I've talked about this. When I saw Guar in the movie, I thought they were created for the movie. They weren't real. And then I remember, Jonah, you were the one who told me that they're were real. Yeah, they're still an active band, yeah. Well, they're easily replaceable, don't you think? Like they're not you're not going to notice if you're like that's not the <laughs> goblin that I you know, it's just the question right, of putting right. makeup on a different guy. But have you ever seen Joan Rivers interview Guar on her daytime talk show? No. Oh my gosh. No, I have. It's the best cuz it's like exhibit A of Joan being 
awesome because she's just enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. She says, what are you doing? He's like, we're mutants from outer space and we're here to like, you know, destroy all human. And she goes, of course, fantastic. You know, she's, <laughs> she's just letting it wash over her and enjoying the craziness. And it's just such a great example of like, this is how you interview Guar. Yeah. She was such a pro. That's so great. Because I feel like Donahue and Geraldo and those guys were so kind of critical of that. Like they would have it on and then kind of make fun of it or like, critique it and have the audience be like what you're doing is bad and yeah 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 and it's not bad it's ridiculous and she totally embraced that so that'll be on your That's awesome next youtube search and enjoy it there's a lot of joan clips going around of when she would sub in for johnny carson kind of the ultimate heist when you think about how she didn't get that show considering how good she was on the tonight show yeah she was yeah. so great interviewing Betty White is the one that was going around a couple weeks ago. This great clip of her and Betty kind of giving each other the business and saying like, oh, that dress and must be. But laughing at the same time, yeah. laughing through it. And it was so great. I'll have to check it out. Got to check it out. I was going to also say it was really also at the height of Liv Tyler. Yes. Like when she was like, oh, yeah, just the coolest, the hottest. And she's in there, the coolest, the hottest. And Renee Zellweger. She was the other gal in Empire Records, right? Right. I feel like the time between that movie coming out and Jerry Maguire coming out wasn't like as different as you would think it would be, given how different those characters and performances are. They feel like they're a decade apart culturally. You're completely right. Yeah. Had Liv Tyler done the Aerosmith videos at that? Because those are the two things, main things I know her from is yes. this film and the Aerosmith videos. Okay. With Alicia Silverstone. Had she done them yet? I feel like that was all around. With the- Alicia Silverstone? Yeah. yeah. There was like that trilogy of video, like crazy. Yes, she had. Yeah. She had. Okay. Yeah. Those videos were everywhere. Those videos were everywhere. And I still am like, the bungee jumping still so confusing to me how the logistics of that worked out at the end of the... Not just bungee jumping, but flipping the bird. (laughs) Flipping the bird and bungee jumping at the same time. I don't know what's more rock and roll than that. Oh, my gosh. And neither does Aerosmith. (laughs) You know what's really crazy is if you watch the crying video now and you watch that ending section, which I have always... Because I think the thing that everyone always thinks, not to gross everyone out, but I think everyone always thinks she's bungee jumping from her new belly button piercing. Oh. I think you're the only one that thought that. Not the only one. Other people have confirmed this. But not everybody. We'll we'll make a compromise. (laughs) Yeah, okay, okay. But she's clearly not but it's also confusing where the bungee cord is go like where it is and stuff but if you watch it now especially because she lands like face up <laughs> the background behind her of like the street underneath her when you realize she's bungee jumping is so fake <laughs> that it's really disappointing it's like the mr rogers town they show at the beginning <laughs> yeah. and that's steven dorf i guess yeah. the love interest in that film which i didn't realize until recently yeah these are movie star cast videos okay yeah you're right jonah it's true jonah vanessa needs you to agree i do agree look at all these okay. uh, look at what everyone went on to do i would say all of these movies really great we need more nancy travis in oh. our lives i think she hasn't been in enough things in my opinion since axe murderer i remember seeing it and my parents were familiar with her after so i married an axe murderer she was in some sitcom she was great representationally for 
curly haired people. Yes, exactly. Yes. A hundred percent. Really put curly hair kind of back on the map when we were all trying to straighten our hair. She did a beautiful job representing that. Yeah. So true. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Julie Posner. Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Okay, and we are back. So, Julie, you came in today with an incredible topic. It is called Pogo Ball. And we we're just wondering if you could let us know sort of like what your connection is with Pogo Ball, what made you think about that, and just sort of if you ever used one, what's your Pogo Ball connection? And describe it to everyone. A Pogo Ball was something that came out when I was a little kid, I guess like a medium-age <laughs> kid. When did it come out? In like the late 80s or something like that? It came out in the, I think the mid 80s. And it looked like Saturn because it was a bouncy ball about the size of like, I guess like a basketball. And then it had like a pretty sturdy plastic ring that divided it. And you had to straddle the ball and get in the center of it. It was 
probably very good for your core muscles. Right. And then you would like jump up and down on it the way you would if you were to be on a pogo stick. But because it's not the 1950s, people don't go around with pogo sticks. And you could, yeah, just jump up and down on it, I guess. Now, did you have one when you were a medium-sized kid? (laughs) I did. I did have one and I really liked it. I remember it took me a while to get situated, but once I figured it out, I would bop around. Though this is embarrassing, but we're in a safe space to confess our childhood trauma on this show. Is that fair to say? Fair. Because I imagine it comes up a lot. When you're talking about like things I remember and then you're like, oh, no, that's where that comes from. (laughs) But I remember bringing it to recess and then just like jumping on it by myself in the corner (laughs) of the schoolyard. So in other words, it wasn't like, I mean, maybe other kids took a turn, but ultimately it did suit me because it was a solitary activity. It's not like bring a friend and then the two of you will be playing tennis or, you know, whatever. It was just kind of like bounce on this thing at your own leisure. So I brought it to recess and I just sort of ended up like bouncing up and down on it on my on my own and then like bringing it home and then I mostly played with it in my driveway yeah yeah did we have one Vanessa well we definitely had a skip it when Amy Schumer was on this podcast we talked about skip it's which are similarly kind of a solitary yes I don't think we did have a pogo ball because it turns out they're pretty dangerous And I think really, yeah, I think they are pretty dangerous if you're not wearing protective gear, which all three children on the packaging are not. (laughs) What do you mean protective gear? (laughs) You're not going to fall on your head. Well, okay. here's what I'll say. First of all, I want to just for listeners, I want to say that it was also called a Lolo ball, spring ball, Lolo ball, disco, pogo ball or pogo it. And it's a rubber ball with a plastic platform around it. As you said, it was a little dangerous because. Because, you know, you could fall pretty easily on it. And I think I would have been too scared to use one. Now, Jonah, maybe we had one and you were using it. I don't remember, but I do know it was invented by two Belgian men in 1969. (laughs) Oh, good. Yeah. Hasbro started mass producing it in the 80s until the early 90s. And now there's an updated version that, that kids use called the Pogo Trick Board. Similar, but it's instead of being like shaped like Saturn, it's shaped like a cutting board. Like a skateboard, they say, like a mini skateboard. Like a skateboard. It looks more like a cutting board to me with handles on it. You're supposed to kind of do like tricks on it. Like in the commercial, like kids are bouncing, then they'll like bounce off the side of a tree and like keep going. Handles? Wait, I'm confused. It has handles on it. It does? Yeah, on each end. So maybe you could like grab on and like, I don't know, maybe for extra like tricks or something. Well, should we watch the commercial for the regular Pogo Ball? And then should we watch the one for the new Pogo Trick Board, which actually, I was mistaken, that's the toy that people are saying is one of the worst, most dangerous toys is the Pogo Trick Ball. That's the one that sounds dangerous. We found the Pogo Trick Board on an article that's called These Dangerous Items Are the Worst Toys in Two 2009, a safety group says. 2019, yeah. 2019, but I mean, also... I don't know, these people That's are surprising because you think that, you know, what we grew up with would be a lot more hazardous, but yeah, right. I don't know. Who knows? Like if this is lobbyists, though, I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Lobbyists. Yeah, we don't know. Right, Nickelodeon exactly. slimes on here. I mean, we don't know who's behind all this. OK, let's watch the 80s Pogo Ball commercial for the original. Oh, there's a Kool-Aid man moment. So they are wearing knee pads in this. They are wearing knee pads. So Ball has one L, which is interesting. Yeah. Yes. And I'm glad we watched this because something that Jonah and I noticed, which I forgot to bring up when we watched this a couple days ago, was 
just for people listening, it's a bunch of kids pogo balling, pogo balling in what can only be described as like a Kool Aid style castle, magic warehouse. It's like a yeah, like an animated sort of future room, futuristic yeah. room, yeah. futuristic room, and like a huge monster's hand comes through the window to try and grab them. And that detail to me, to me, I go, this is a commercial. How do we sell more pogo balls because a scary monster's hand? I don't know why they did that. No, I don't either. I think I do. You do? Yeah, because as I was a kid, I took commercials like very literally. Okay. As we've talked about, like I thought like the Sweet Pickles bus actually came to your house. Like I thought everything I saw. Oh, wouldn't that have been heavenly? <laughs> if they? Did? Oh my God. No, right? <laughs> I'd be waiting at the bus stop every, my parents would have to be like, Julie, we have to go to bed. You're like, the duck's going to be here. <laughs> right. No, not the duck. The hippo is coming. I would have thought that if I got this toy somehow some kind of animated exciting stuff would happen like i would think like that meant that like monsters or like adventure or like i would have associated the toy with that which is probably the point of the commercial like i didn't understand that what happened in commercials for products didn't happen when i got home with them then they're just a piece of plastic you're braver than me because to me i'm going if a big monster's hand's gonna come out when i'm on this ball then i'm gonna say absolutely not check please yeah check please (laughs) exactly yeah i mean the monster's hand is definitely an effort to create this like universe right and i wonder if they were trying to sell a pogo ball show yeah but it really seemed like these kids were the heroes in this story about this godlike, yeah, this, this godlike monster who hates kids who play pogo ball, yeah, only wants to like sweep them up and crush their bones for his bread. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the only way to make sure he stays angry is to keep on pogo balling. By the way, such a like trope of tall tales or whatever, or just that giants and stuff like that like to crush children's bones and put it in their bread. Their favorite thing. I've always been like, how does that, how does that work? I guess it's like collagen powder. (laughs) That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Like if it is a white powder, maybe it can pass for flour if you're really hard up for flour. I will say it does make more sense than the anti-Semitic blood libel trope of using like baby's blood to make matzah and you're like (laughs) have you had matzah? It's so dry. (laughs) First of all, it would be red, you idiots. Second of all, this is not a food that has any moisture in it whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like when we were kids and people get really excited like oh we're gonna have matzah pizza. Yes, matzah pizza was very important part of it. Yeah, but it's also like it still just tastes like matzah. With well, like, I'm going to say this. If you're having matzah, you got to embrace it as matzah is what I think. To me, the best way to eat matzah is with tons of butter and salt on it. I like the cream cheese method, like whipped cream cheese on matzah. I will eat all year round. That's how much I like it. Oh, interesting. It is so good. Wow. Okay, well, should we watch the commercial for one of the most dangerous toys of 2019, the Pogo Trick Board? Definitely. Oh, so it's like a skateboard. Yeah. I could have sworn we watched a more exciting version of this, right? I don't remember. We watched a different one where they're like jumping off tree trunks and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am obsessed with the actress they cast in that role, though. What is... Vanessa, I feel like you could do a very good impression of her. Of that woman? Yeah. I agree completely. Like, that open flannel with the (laughs) layered beads... Smiling the whole time. Like, is this a cool mom character? Is this like... Right, right, right. Is this a... Like a funky 
sort of reasonable person. I mean, what's her connection to this? Like, does she have kids? Like, why is she invested? Yeah, good question. And telling us about this. Maybe the commercial I was thinking of was for the regular pogo ball. I think it might have been. Yeah. I guess my question is like, why would you get a pogo trick board over a skateboard, I guess? To me, a skateboard is just way cooler. But it doesn't bounce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is true. To me, it's like, why would you get a pogo trick board over a regular pogo ball? Yeah, I think that like it's just more room for your feet. Yeah. Wouldn't that make it harder to jump? I think they tried to improve on perfection. That's what I think, too. Yeah. I just am picturing like a bunch of kids at a skate park and then like a kid rolling up with like a pogo trick board and like kind of bopping around. Yeah. And everyone would say, go home. (laughs) Yeah. I just think you may as well learn how to skateboard because it's like that has wheels. You can move. Seems like it would just be a better. It's a longer lasting investment into like. Well, do you think that those are more dangerous than skateboards? Hmm. No, I think skateboards are pretty dangerous. They're extremely dangerous. Yeah, every year I'm like, I'm going to get back into skating this year. And then I realize that I'm just, it's too dangerous. Yeah, I'm also like thinking about not just the bouncing, but the cushioning that the pogo, what is it called? Trick board? Yeah. Pogo trick board, yep. They're encouraging you to do tricks. They're encouraging you to do tricks. They want to get a piece of that skateboarding mark. is that responsible? No, I I actually don't think it's as dangerous as I Well, you could use a skateboard though to like commute somewhere. I feel like using a pogo trick board, like if you're like, I want to get to the office a little faster. Yeah. It's like, like you'll never believe how Alan gets to work. Be like, yeah. try me. And then you show me a picture like, what? <laughs> it's like when Hugh Jackman like hopped into the Oscars or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? He did. Or maybe it was the to- he hopped into something. And I remember, you know, hopping is really exhausting. It's like really good exercise. Probably really good for if like that's the secret behind Hugh Jackman's great butt. <laughs> well, can you imagine what a workout it would be to take a Hugh to to, to, <laughs> to jump on a pogo trick board to work? Also would save you no time. If nothing, <laughs> maybe make you go no, make you a lot later than if you are walking at a brisk pace. <laughs> what about those shoes that have like the bouncy, how do I describe it? It's almost like they look like a bow an arrow underneath them yes 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 boots that you kind of like bounce in as you're walking moon shoes olivia says i kind of know what you're talking about there's a a few versions of this because i know that when i just went like running slash walking shoe shopping with my parents the last time i was in cleveland our mom got like these shoes that kind of like are raised in the front oh that's like kind of a new way that a lot of sneakers are coming out jumping shoes interesting new bounce jumping shoes kangaroo jumping shoes for kids i had some kind of extreme sport shoes about 20 years ago when i was in college okay i interned at the real world in los angeles in the music department with this guy dave stone who's still keep in touch with and he got sent all these shoes that had like these kind of rubber bottoms that you could like do tricks with and they sent him like a little rail like a handrail on the floor and you were supposed to run jump on this rail and like slide across it sort of like a skateboard type thing and i remember it being like super dangerous. And I remember us just like running up to this thing and falling off of it. Yeah. Did you hurt yourself? I didn't hurt myself, but it reminds me of like, sometimes I'll watch videos of people doing like parkour. Have you seen any of those videos? Why do people do parkour? (laughs) 
What's parkour? It's like when dogs have the zoomies, you know how they like run into that room and then they run into the other room and then they get up on the counter and then they get yeah. off the counter and you're just like, just let them exhaust themselves. And it's just like they're after a bath or something. It's kind of like that, but there's more jumping, I guess. It'll be someone and he'll like run across a field and like go up to a tree and like do a flip off it and then like, you know, jump like over a bridge onto a tree. Like it's like kind of like and then they'll do a somersault. <laughs> it's like it's like get a life. <laughs> <laughs> does parkour come from France? It sounds like a European notion. It does. That yes, there's a U in it. It doesn't sound like something yeah. Americans invented. You know what I mean? No, but yeah, a lot of amateur parkourers out there who might be interested in a pogo trick ball because, yeah. you know, maybe they yeah. could supplement with that and get some extra bounce, some extra air. I don't know. Yeah, but everybody wear your protective gear, please, as this article <laughs> says. So if I were to get a pogo ball and use it to work out in my apartment, despite the protestations of my neighbors who don't need that in their lives. Do you think I would be fine or you would make me wear a helmet and arm bands and knee bands and stuff? Good question. Well, look, I want to just be really clear that this article was talking about pogo trick boards when they said you should wear protective gear. But in the pogo ball commercial we watched, the kids were wearing knee pads. Yeah. So you would want me to wear knee pads? Yeah. I would just say also this article like the toys are so random. Like another thing that's most dangerous is a die cast school bus. And they say this bright yellow school bus could be deadly if a child removes and ingests one of the small parts. Mm -hmm. The tires are removable. And it's like, that's just what all these toys are. But I feel like you could say that about any, I feel like they just picked random toys and we're like. Yeah, you're not supposed to have small parts that like are easily removable, I guess. Right. But a pogo trick board does seem genuinely very dangerous. It doesn't have small parts that you could ingest, at least. Yeah, so but that's it good. can be dangerous for a different reasons. If you fall on your fucking face. Sure. I sure. will say this, Vanessa, those, whatever they're called, elbow guards and knee guards, they don't do shit. If a fucking hand comes in from <laughs> outer space, yeah, and scoops a you up, hand. That's true. yeah, that's so true. No, they do not protect from that. That's really true. Yeah, I wish I could sit in that Hasbro marketing meeting with all these big wigs at Hasbro, yeah, and hear the guy that's like, or the woman, whoever's like, uh, yeah, we should have a giant monster hand come in. That'll sell a lot more of these things. Jonah's got a real issue with corporate execs. <laughs> You know, overpaid and look at these ideas they're coming up with. We could come up with better ideas. It's those. very punk rock of you, Jonah. Yeah, yeah. Rage against the machine. Thank you. I yeah, try. Jonah's been punk rock since middle school when he really took our cafeteria to task for certain. I went I went right up to them and I said, I think you're charging a dollar fifty a slice for Domino's and it's too much money. And they said Oh shit. They said, Jonah, if you think the pizza's too expensive, you don't have to buy it. <laughs> and I think I continued to buy it because at that time I thought Domino's pizza was really good. It made an impression. And it was did they admit that it was Domino's? Oh yeah. They advertised that was the whole it as, selling as point. like on Fridays you could get like Domino's pizza. <gasps> the audacity. You could get a whole lunch with regular pizza, cafeteria pizza for probably a dollar fifty. And that's gonna include sides. That's gonna include <laughs> milk. What are the sides <laughs> that we're talking about? Because when you said sides, my stomach just like moved a little bit. So I was thinking of what a cafeteria's version of a side yeah, is. Yeah, I remember eating a lot of buttered noodles. That was kind of my go-to Man, thing there. So that's good. a good side. Buttered egg noodles. That was a good side. I'm on board for that. Was there a little salad, maybe? A little lettuce with a dressing? I don't remember ever eating a vegetable. A lot of tater tots. A lot of tater tots. Yeah. 
and milk, of course, the ingredient to any good meal that everyone loves. Yeah. You know, no matter Chocolate what you're eating milk or regular milk, there's nothing like a carton of milk to, yeah. to drink with it. Milk really goes with everything. Like Vanessa, especially chocolate milk. That's always just a great palate cleanser. Throw it on to just help digest. <laughs> now, I just want to say this, and I hope everyone knows, don't sleep on tater tots. Even as adults, tater tots rule. I just had some a couple weeks ago, and I thought, <laughs> okay, these rock. Yeah, welcome back to my life. Where have you been? Where have I been? Julie, when's the last time you had some some tater tots? Recently enough to be, and you're not going to be happy with this. Okay. But I prefer like a mushy steak fry. Hmm. I'm like not into shoestring fries. They're too crispy for me. I, I like a more mushy to crispy ratio. Like I always like the ratio that favors mushy. So tater tots to me, I know this sounds asinine but like they can be a little too crispy i hear you that's fair that's okay <laughs> yeah and if i want crispy i'll have like a you know a chip or something <sighs> right sure. jonah when was the last time you had tater tots i think we got some frozen ones maybe in the last couple months threw them in the air fryer and wow amazing so good yeah okay everybody get tater tots go to your local bistro <laughs> You can make them in your air fryer. If they're not on the menu, say, can I speak to the manager? Yeah. Throw a yeah. fit. Throw a fit. And if they say, get out of here, you just ride your pogo trick board home and know that you're the coolest. Do a bounce off like the little concierge station, and maybe a, a flip or something. Facing him the whole time. Bounce backwards. <laughs> bounce, bounce backwards. It'll confuse him into submission. <laughs> yeah. And next thing you know, tater tot. Yeah, it turns out the restaurant's serving tater tots. Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break. <laughs> we'll be right back with Julie Klausner. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. 
That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. So, Julie, we'd like to play a game with you now called Legit Moan or Unnecessary Groan. Legit Moan. Unnecessary Groan. Okay. (laughs) This game is inspired by our hometown paper, the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And for years and years, they used to have this column called Monday Moaning, where people would write in complaints and they would print them kind of regardless of... There weren't like a lot of standards. Anyway... If you wrote in, it basically got published. Right. They're not the most newsworthy necessarily, but... Yes. Exactly. They stopped doing these in about 2011, but... Jonah and I have really fond memories growing up and making fun of these all the time. And we went kind of back into the archives and we found some of them and we are going to read through three of them and we're going to decide whether we each think they are each a legit moan, like this person has a point, or unnecessary groan, like this person needs to get real. Got it. Okay, Jonah, do you want to read the first one? Sure, I'll kick us off. So the first one, this is from May 2010. It's from just Cleveland. They didn't say the neighborhood. And it says, if the casinos aren't going to allow you to smoke in them like the rest of them do, then we will keep going to Pennsylvania, Indiana, and New York. You can keep the ones in Ohio. So this person upset that you can't smoke in casinos in in Ohio Ohio and is saying the surrounding states, they'll go to that and we can keep the ones here because they're not bothering with it. Wow. I mean, that makes total sense if you're a smoker i think casinos are like one of the last places where you can just go to town if i remember correctly last time i was in a casino i was like wow this is still a thing yeah so i could see how someone would be attached to that experience and definitely be very upset if it changed yeah Okay, so you're kind of calling this a legit moan, it sounds like. If I were a smoker and I was used to hanging out in casinos and they made smoking illegal, I would definitely be like, well, then I guess I'm going to go to another state. That just seems like logical to me for sure. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Julie, were you in New York? Like when they did the smoking ban on bars and that stuff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was here for Giuliani. I was. I've been here since 96. So I've seen it all. I've seen it all. And I I grew up in Westchester. So I, you know, was like watched Al Roker and Sue Simmons on Channel 4 News and remember Ed Koch and Dinkins and all of them. But yeah, I remember the smoking ban. And I also remember when you used to be able to smoke. So funny, the idea that there was a smoking section in a restaurant as though that would ever (laughs) like separate. Like it's like, okay, well, it certainly won't cross over to the non-smoking section. (laughs) That wouldn't ever. That's just impossible. Yeah. Well, can you still smoke in casinos? Depends on which state, I guess. I didn't realize that Ohio just outlawed it. And this is from 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, so I don't know if it's still 
that's a great question, Vanessa. I wonder if it, yeah. if you can smoke in other casinos in other states. Yeah, I mean, I imagine there must be designated areas now. I think the Cleveland casino might have opened around this time. Got it, got it. And they were like, we're a no smoking casino. Right. Okay. That's what I'm gathering. Well, Jonah, what do you think? Do you think this is legit or unnecessary? I think this person's probably not happy with the way the world's gone in the past 10 years because now you, you can't smoke anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, this person's I ready for a rude awakening. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. I think in some ways it is legit. Yeah. Because if this person, if smoking is so important to them and, you know, they're not going to let them smoke, then, you know, they're just saying, I'll go to another state. Yeah. If that's your main priority, then, yeah, you should just go to another state. So I think it's a legitimate concern for this person. I think that ultimately they're not making the best decision and they're going to spend a lot more money to drive out to Indiana right. to play like a slot machine. But if they want to do that. Yeah, but they're going to win so much money. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I forgot about that part. Yeah. So I think it's legit on that level. But I also think, you know, smoking's not good. Yeah. But like, it must be so hard to adapt to like playing slot machines without a cigarette. In yeah. 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 I, I hear that. Right. However, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, I'm going to call this an unnecessary groan. And I'll tell you. Oh! A lot of times I, I kind of get annoyed with the tone of these people <laughs> and this person their last sentence being you can keep the ones in Ohio mm. it's like sir okay <laughs> we were going to anyway thanks for the permission now go fuck off wow <laughs> I just sort of feel like this person isn't even complaining, like, please let us smoke. He's just saying, and I'm assuming this is like a real aggro man, but maybe I'm wrong. But <laughs> if the casinos aren't going to allow you to smoke in them like the rest of them do, also, these people never check their punctuation, <laughs> then we will keep going to Pennsylvania. Okay, keep doing that. Yeah. You know, and in the meantime, you need some time for driving. So maybe you don't waste time. <laughs> Writing into Monday morning, you weirdo. I don't like this. Why does every subscriber to the newspaper need to know this? Yeah. That's the question. You can keep the ones in Ohio. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> wow. Because we were going to, without your business, we were going to have to close them. But thanks for your permission. It's still a casino. It's a very good yeah. business model. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to be just fine without you. But thanks for letting us know. <laughs> this I call an unnecessary groan. And I'm moving on to the next one. Oh. Okay. Here goes. This one's from Avon, which is a suburb of Cleveland. As a working parent of three, my time on the weekends is precious. I lost 30 minutes of that time in line behind an extreme couponer. If your lifestyle <laughs> allows time for that, great. Just have some common courtesy for anyone who gets in line behind you and warn them. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Mm -hmm. yep. I cannot imagine... Being stuck behind an extreme couponer and having to just get whatever, a bag of tater tots so that I could go home and eat them out of the, um, well, Jonah's fancy. He's going to use an air fryer, but I'd probably just <laughs> stick them in the microwave. Microwave works too. But I cannot imagine that. No way. Reality of saying, are you kidding me? And someone brings out their friggin' one of those like binder, those accordion style yeah. wallets to keep their coupons like by aisle. Yeah. yeah. I get this sense extreme couponing is not as much of a thing now as it was 10 years ago. You don't really hear about it anymore. Like there are all those shows and specials about it. It seems like that got kind of sorted out. I think the shows were just really boring, but I would believe that it still exists. They may have been boring, but I know I've watched many of them. Same, actually, same. And I have also watched, maybe it was... A My Strange Addiction, but 
about cheapskates, like the ones where people <laughs> steal toilet paper or whatever. Like, I'm not calling him a cheapskate, but Jonah, do you remember our Uncle Richard used to buy like a thousand bottles of soda so he could get like, he had some kind of like coupon scam going with like <sighs> orange pop or something like that. We call it pop in the Midwest. Vaguely. I don't really remember. Soda goes bad. Yeah. Yeah. Richard, (laughs) soda goes bad. (laughs) I'm just thinking about my own anxieties of like, if I'm at the grocery store and I feel like I have too much stuff or like they have to check something and the person behind me is waiting, like how bad I feel or how I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, the idea of just coming up there with like 900 coupons and just being like, all right, yeah, like I'm just going to take a half hour here. Someone behind me. Yeah. Just like show up and say to the cashier, shall we dance? Yeah. I mean, it's like I can't imagine doing that and not feeling so uncomfortable myself. Having the chutzpah. Agree. I think this is going to be one of the rare ones when we all agree that this is a legit moan. I would say just turn around. If you're going to do it, fine. Just turn around and say to the person behind you, just FYI, I have I have a ton of coupons. It's going to take a long time. Now, I have one gripe. I still think this is a legit moan, but I do have one gripe, okay? Or one question. This person lost 30 minutes of time. I would say like eight minutes in. 10 minutes in, don't you just switch to a different line? Go to yeah. another cashier. Yeah. Unless this is a place where there's... Yeah, she said, just warn me. I just feel like it seems like there are other aisles. Just go to a different one after. Give it 15 minutes. Sometimes the problem is that if you're in line for a long time, then you're like, oh, I've invested all this time already. Now I don't want to switch if the other line, you know? Yes. What if all the cashiers were like, we're going to do this together so it takes less time. So all of them were working on it. What about that? Or if you had an extreme couponing line, but I guess there's usually probably once every other month or something, you know, like. Could you imagine if this was the supermarket that attracted all the extreme couponers, then they'd be out of like Campbell's tomato, you know, like whatever yeah, you was don't want to promote that. That's absolutely right. Yeah. OK, it seems like we all think this is a legit moan. Legit and we're going to give this person a little bit of leeway for waiting as long because maybe they were just really invested. You know, they had already waited so long they just yeah Vanessa you found this last one I'm gonna let you go ahead and read it okay okay I thought this one was very funny okay this one's from Brook Park May 2010 the misplaced modifiers and stuff are really throwing me but I'm gonna try and read this clearly we have a married woman on our street with two little children that she walks up and down the street with in her skimpy two-piece bikini oh okay (laughs) now we're getting to the good stuff please stop doing this you're a grown woman, not a 12-year-old, so please dress your age. It looks awful to be running around the neighborhood half-naked. Wow. Julie, what do you think? Could you just reread the very beginning? The, yeah. Because I'm sensing a morality judgment that there's a married woman. There's a very misogynistic tone to this one. Yes. I'll start by saying that, even though I don't want to influence anyone. She's a married woman. We have a married woman. Oh! On our we street. have a married <laughs> woman. Little, yeah. And then later says, you're a grown woman, not a 12-year-old, so please <gasps> dress your age. Okay. So he thinks that all 12-year-olds should be in bikinis. <laughs> that was my issue, too. I, one of my Which issues. Which is so weird and gross. I think the idea that he thinks that her being married is important is sick. Yes. It's like, this woman is someone else's property. Yeah. And she's going around showing her stuff. Where her husband, that's for her husband. Doesn't everyone know that that's for her husband only? And she has two little kids. And I wonder if that's his way of saying that maybe her body is stretched out in a way that he doesn't like. 
or that she has to set an example for those kids at home. Yeah. And I say the one who's writing this letter seems like such a creep. Yes. That I think he is doomed. I think he's a doomed person. Yeah. And I wish him nothing but ill will. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's an unnecessary groan from you, Julie. <laughs> I would say uh, that's how you're categorizing groan. it. I think it is morally abhorrent that he's going around yes. judging a woman in his neighborhood. Now, am I curious about this gal that's walking down the street in a bikini? More, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. I want to know more about her. I want to be like, where are you going? Like, what's your situation? Yeah. But then again, I also don't think this guy's a reliable narrator. She could be wearing like a crop top or something or. Yeah. And like a pair of jean shorts. And he could think that that's a two piece swimsuit. Yeah. Often unreliable narrators. But either way. Now, Jonah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree with all those sentiments. I'll also add that this is such a weirdly passive aggressive way to deal. I, I'm And I'm not saying that this is a valid complaint at all, but I'm saying if this is a complaint, I'm conflicted. I guess in a lot of these situations, I would say you should just like we had one where someone was messing with the produce at a, at a grocery store. And I was sort of my thing was like, just, you know, you can go up to the person. They did. Like if you have a problem with someone, go up, and they did. Okay. This one, I'm glad that this person did not say anything to this woman, right? Yes. Generally, I think if you do have one of these gripes, it's better to address it than to just write in anonymously to a newspaper about it because that's not going to change anything. But in this case, I guess I want to say I'm glad that this person doesn't say anything. But also, I don't understand how writing into a newspaper anonymously telling someone to say, like, are you thinking maybe this woman will see this article and like rethink? Yeah. Like it's I don't understand the logic behind it, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Like, what were his goals with this? Yeah. Like, does he think someone's going to be like reading the paper and be like, this guy's got like a good point. Like I can relate to this or something like society's going down the drain or whatever. I'm going to go ahead and say that he wrote this letter because nobody listens to him anymore about yeah. this or probably other things. Yeah. Vanessa, what are your thoughts? I agree with both of you. First of all, the fact that he felt like he needed to include that this woman is married, like it's improper for her to show her body if she's married is so disgusting to me. I'm shocked. I'm gagged. Uh, yeah. Like, so don't. And then also she walks on this street, please stop doing this. You're a grown woman, not a 12-year-old. Like, yeah, it's implying that 12-year-olds wear skimpy bikinis, but adult women don't. I think he's got it wrong. <laughs> I think he's got it yeah. absolutely the opposite of correct. And yeah, like, what is his point? I also think that this is like such a hurtful way of saying this. Like, if this woman does read this Monday morning, which sounds like she's like on the street taking walks with her kids and like living her life as opposed to this person who's like sitting in their like little mm -hmm. living room like writing this note. I just feel like this is such a kind of mean thing to do. And what is this person's... The other thing is a lot of times these people aren't clear with like what their problem is. Like, is it like I have a really young child and I feel like exposing them to... But even that, it's, it's... It's just him. It's just him. Yeah. And I just think like, what's the issue with this? I don't see any problem with it. This woman, maybe she's worked really hard to have a body that she feels like she wants to show off in this bikini. And it's fine. And by the way, this person could take a hike. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I just think wow. this is a totally... Yeah. Vanessa <laughs> uses the H word. Sorry, the H word. I just think this is such an unnecessary groan. And it's so misogynistic. And I just think... Also, it's like, what a little coward. Because this person is... <laughs> writing and saying they're from Brook Park, which is a suburb of Cleveland. It, it's going to be very clear who this person is that's wearing a bikini. Really? I think so. 
I think so. Oh. And I just think that this person won't even, the person who wrote this complaint isn't even signing their name. Rude. And it's also kind of embarrassing to the woman, like if people know who it is that someone wrote this about her. I mean, hopefully not. Like, hopefully she's like, reads this and she goes, oh, well, get a life. You know, like, just like that. <laughs> Ooh, I like this character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I walk down the street in a bikini. By the way, this was written in 2010. It wasn't written in like 1980. Like, it's just so weird. It has this person... Or 18. 18- Yeah. So I call this an unnecessary groan. And I think this person needs to grow up, get a grip, grow up and get a grip. Maybe this person should stop acting like a 12 year old. What are you going to say, Jonah? You're going to say this this person should get on a pogo trick ball with no helmet, right? (laughs) (laughs) This person should absolutely get on a pogo trick board with no helmet. This is what I say to this guy. They're called boobs, Ed. (laughs) They're boobs, Ed. Yeah. And if you have a problem, you can take your pogo trick board and you can get the hell out of here. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Well, Julie... We've had such a great time with you today. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you? They can find me over at the podcast called Double Threat that I host with Tom Sharpling. And I have a new podcast called Ask Julie, which is on the Forever Dog Plus (gasps) network where you can get if you've subscribed to Forever Dog Plus. And it's just me doing the like weekly monologue where I talk about stuff. So I hope you tune in and I can't thank you enough for having me as a guest. Oh my gosh. We had such a great time with you. Thanks so much for joining us and to everyone for listening. And if you enjoyed that, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird? Where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like Pogo Ball. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.